it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio with War Chant TV. Good Monday, Clipson Week. Here we go. Good to be with you. I'm Jeff Tom. We'll be along shortly. Director Matthew in the house as usual on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. And away we go. It is uh, woo. Kind of a fun show to break down. Kind of a fun time to to look at this team, to look at this program, to look at where we're at, to talk about this upcoming game, to talk about the mess that was. Saturday, in which you hold on for dear life after seemingly having something locked away, and uh, just all these things that can test what you are as an organization, as a coaching staff, as a player, and really, frankly, uh, you know, like I said, as a program, because there are a lot of things that are preached and talked about and reiterated and emphasized. And occasionally those things look to play out in such a way that leads you to believe that they're certainly bought into and believed in and embraced. And then there's been plenty of evidence to see things that suggest that's not always true. And what Florida State can certainly learn from that uh, nail-biter against a Boston College team that prior to Saturday had shown no sign of being that kind of a team, capable of anything close to that. Uh, If you don't know, that team lost to Northern Illinois, who subsequently lost to Southern Illinois, and who Nebraska handled easily. Uh, That Boston College team that we just watched uh, was two or three plays away from losing to Holy Cross, likely should have lost the game if Holy Cross doesn't fumble inside the BC 40-yard line late. So this wasn't just made up out of thin air that they didn't look good, that there weren't things going for them, that they had limited skill, that they were struggling. Uh, it was a fact that that's how they had played up to that point. And 
I just wonder, you know, if Florida State at 31-10 didn't decide in their mind the game was over. But these are big picture things that we can talk about. I, I, I'm very, very curious about a lot of things that won't be answered until this Saturday. And that's what I think is interesting, is that you really can't know for certain uh, a lot of the questions, or they can't be answered, a lot of these questions, until we see what happens on Saturday. It certainly changes the dynamic, changes the conversation. This is a game where, in a lot of ways, the things that we were nitpicking about, quote-unquote nitpicking about, you know, if you go back to the conversation uh, after the Southern Miss game and even after the LSU game. Let's go back. Let's do that, and then we'll assess this game and look ahead to the next. After the LSU game, I remember thinking, on the one hand, it's pretty incredible that you could play a B-minus game against LSU, that you, could, that you could play in that situation against that team with that kind of talent on that stage and not play anywhere close to your best game. You played a really elite half. The first half was terrible. Second half was great. I say terrible. You really got bailed out because you did bow your neck and you get credit for that in the red zone. But you didn't really play all that well offensively or defensively in the first half of the LSU game, and you were only down three, and you felt good about it. You came out, you made some adjustments, and you played exceptional football on both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball, you dominated the second half against LSU. That's what Florida State was that night on that stage when it mattered. And so we rightfully heralded them for that victory and for how they played in that half, while also noting that they can be better. It's always easier to have the conversation about how much better you can be after a win as opposed to a loss, as we all well know, right? So we said, okay, all right, well, that's interesting. It's worth keeping an eye on. Let's see if they clean up some of the mistakes. Let's see if they're more efficient. Let's see how they go here from here. Let's see what they do. Problem was, you knew that, you know, frankly, and as we said at the time, Southern Miss just wasn't going to be good enough to expose you, that you probably, athlete for athlete, had an overwhelming advantage. So we went into that game, home game, at night, kind of sloppy during stretches, didn't really think that we were all that efficient. And after that game, I brought up the fact that it would be silly to nitpick a 66 to 13 or 10 or whatever the hell it was uh, win, right? That it's, it's hard. You don't want to go crazy with your criticisms after you drop 66 on somebody and beat somebody down uh, and when, in which there's no question. But it is also fair in the moment to point out things like that, that bother you. And I was trying to strike a balance at that time because I was noting that the offensive line really didn't dominate that game. The Florida State got to third and fourth down too often. And it showed a lack of efficiency on offense. I didn't think Jordan was great. I thought that when they had to have it in that game against Southern Miss, they really kind of reached back and out-athleted. They were just bigger, stronger, faster. And you saw it on some of the conversions where they just had too much speed, too much size, too much strength. In the case of Jordan's long scramble on the fourth down, just a weird sort of play that you wouldn't get away with against anybody that had even like athletes or anything close to it. But, again, we didn't want to overly criticize. We didn't want to freak out about it. We wanted to keep a measured approach. Okay. So we had our concerns, 
But we noted that when Florida State's good, they're really good. When Florida State is efficient, they can be overwhelmingly good. But they've got to get into a rhythm. They've got to figure out who they are. The line's not blocking too terribly well or consistently in terms of the run game. Trey's not hitting the hole. We see kind of a mix and match of sort of hesitancy, right? Just felt like there were some weird things going on within the office. Jordan hadn't played great, save for one really good half of football against LSU. So you're kind of like, ah, man, I, I don't know. Let's see. They just they haven't hit their stride. Well, BC should help solve that based on what we've seen. All right, let's let's go back and do that. Let's go watch, you know, just go back and take a look at BC. And then we did, we went, ooh, not a lot to like here. I'm sure they'll play inspired ball. We know it's the red bandana game. Sleepy nooners up in Chestnut Hill are always a problem in the sense that it's hard to match energy. It's hard to have energy. Let's see if they can be businesslike and focused. They weren't. They weren't early on. You saw that. You have busts right from the get-go. And, you know, BC testing linebackers and misdirection, and you've got Kevin Knowles at safety who hasn't had a ton of time there. It really showed he was bad. And so you're watching this, and you're kind of, oh, all right, let's see. But then the adjustments happen, all right? Because what happens at the end of a game like that where you're shook, where you're nervous, where you – turn off your TV or flip to the other game and step out on your porch and crack a cold one and say, what the hell was that? What did I just watch? You tend to forget the details of those moments. You tend to forget how did we arrive at a place where I'm actually thinking we're going to lose the football game. How are we on the cusp of blowing a 31-10 lead in which you had gotten stop after stop after stop after stop and then gone down and scored yourself. You had righted the ship from a sloppy start and a look-ahead game and a trap situation, and you thought, all's right with the world, it's 31-10, and then all's not right with the world. Then you're sloppy. Then you decide to kind of go through the motions or guys aren't as focused and locked in as they need to be, hence the head coach noting that today in his presser. And the next thing you know, you have this thing flip on you. And as he said, that's real life. It can happen just like that. So on the one hand, you might say this is exactly what Florida State needed before this Clemson game. This kind of a scare, this kind of a come to Jesus, this kind of a ball don't lie. If you're not going to respect the game and you're not going to play hard, this is what can happen. You deserve to be put in that position. Wake up. Right? You could say that. You could say it's a good thing. Or you could say, we have more questions. We continue to have questions after these wins. Concerns. This is our concern, dude. You're beginning to get a little worried about aspects of the team. Jordan hasn't been nearly as good as Jordan Travis can be. Where did Keon Coleman go in this football game? Why can't we get the running game going traditionally? Do they need to start Rodney Hill? Might this be a time to really look at the run game and decide that Marquiston Douglas is your better option at 285 pounds if we want to put an emphasis on the run game over Kyle Morlock? A lot of questions about personnel, about health, about the mentality of this football team after a game such as that one. The... Oddity is that if you're looking at certain elements of the game, Boston College, from a traditional st- standpoint, could not run the ball. 
the the Robichaud kid had 21 carries for 64 yards. Not great. That ain't going to get it done. I think Boston College, if I remember going through my notes right, averaged, and you got sack yardage at college football stupidly and you know puts in all that, but it's something like 3.7 yards per rush. That's not bad. You're all right there. Third down. You don't ever want to hear a PA announcer say third down again, do you? Because every time it seems like you looked up and it was third and forever, we were going to let a guy break out wide the hell open in the middle of the field. Middle of the field. Sweet Jesus. Can we communicate, please? And that brings me to some of the sound that we'll use today. I've got Mike Norvell presser audio that I want to play that helps illustrate our point to talk about what this is and and where we're at and what I think of his press conference today. I look at these things very closely after we've seen some of the evidence that we've seen up to this point. Because I'm not entirely certain. Everybody will tell you they're certain of what this team is or isn't or how close we are or are not. It's a mixed bag, man. It's a mixed bag. There's some real good here, but there's some real bad here, and there's some things that have to get cleaned up and in a hurry. You're giving up explosive plays on third and forever. You give up, well, it's almost unforgivable Unforgivable because I'll tell you this much. At 31-10, to 10, Boston College's coach, Coach Halfley, gave up. The game was over, and he knew it. It was 31-10, to 10, and he began to run the ball up the middle and take his sweet-ass time calling the next play. He was ready to run clock and get the hell out of Dodge. Coaches will make calculated decisions on occasion when they recognize the flow of a game or the superior athlete on the other side and say, you know what, if I don't run clock, this is going to get really ugly. And I believe Coach Halfley looked at that situation in that moment at 31-10 to 10 in the third quarter and thought the game was over. And you allowed him to convert on a third and forever. And that gave him the hope they needed to play inspired football. Then you start making mistakes one after the other. Just total busts and or missed assignments. Can't pick up a squib kick. Obviously, the avalanche somewhat begins when you have a receiver and Keon Coleman doesn't bother to block anybody till a feely fumbles. Guy's right there to walk it into the end zone. Now you've got problems. Now you've got a team that believes. Now you've got an answer. And you saw this team surprisingly press when they had to answer. And you nearly gave the game away nearly gave it away this had the feeling of so many games that have stuck in our memory where you know you're the vastly superior team and then the next thing you know you're saying to your television if you're watching at home we're gonna lose we're gonna f around and lose this game can you believe what i'm watching right now we're gonna f around and lose this game to that bunch now, credit to the Castellanos kid, man. 
Uh, he he played his heart out, and whenever we gave him the ability to roll out to his right, which is what he always wanted to do, was roll out to his right. By all means, don't take that away. Just let him keep on rolling to his right. He made plays when he got those opportunities. He's to be credited. Dolphin of the cat, man. But they didn't run the ball well. You got him into the obvious situations. You think about in the in, you know think about in the fourth quarter when you're giving up third downs, conversions of all kinds, the money downs as they like to call it over at Florida State, the money downs. You always see him doing that, right? On money downs, you're giving up 20, 17, 10, 10, 17, 35. I mean, sweet Jesus. I heard Mike talk about miscommunication. I heard Mike talk a little bit about not getting the play in on time. Buddy, that's a direct shot at a coordinator. That's what that is. That's that's putting your boy out on front street. That is calling somebody out. You can't have it. You can't have it. I mean, we have been watching them coach up this defense for some time and to have miscommunications, to not get lined up properly in time is a problem. It's, uh, at this point, fairly unforgivable and very, very frustrating. We've also seen him play well, so I think this is a fascinating week. For all we know, and I wouldn't be surprised by this, not at all, this is the wake-up call. Guys line up and play a clean game Saturday, walk out of Clemson with a victory, wrestle away, control of the ACC from somebody who's been a bully to you the last seven years. Could be. Wouldn't be surprised. I don't think you would be either. I think we'd walk out of there and go, okay, all right, well, see, that's in them. We know that's in them. You wouldn't also be surprised if some of these ugly things that we're discussing now rear their head again, and you're left with more questions than answers. I thought Mike looked like that guy today. I thought Mike at the press conference looked like a guy he wasn't real sure either of what they're going to be or what this is going to look like. Determined, pissed, frustrated, confident, a little shook at times. We'll play some of that audio momentarily. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me (laughs) 
Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So, after games like this, oftentimes... Uh, what you end up having is people wrestle with competing things being true. They wrestle with, you know, so each game is unto itself. You know that. And you can watch a team beat somebody who's very talented one week, turn around, lose to a team that's not the next. It, 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 it all happens that way. And yet every time you get, you get the most bizarre responses to things like that. I think the key is to try to, push through that and find out what a team is. And I'm only concerned about us at this point. So figuring out what this FSU team is, is really difficult because I don't think they know. And I think that's part of the problem here too. When you look at personnel, Tom, and I said this, this is in game. I'm texting Tom now. And I, he knows my concerns after the first two games. So I want you to, you know, hold up the truth meter to me here. Have I been talking to you about how concerned I am with the run game from day one? Yes, I'd say specifically after last week, yeah. meeting Southern Miss. And okay. you cited the numbers that uh, a week ago when you said 50 plays that were not successful, Correct. three yards or fewer. Yeah, I was looking at success rate. Yeah. There were too many plays. And my question at the time was, you mean both games combined? Because I, I had not seen that number. He said, yeah. no, just, just that game. Just the Southern Miss game. We were solely reliant on a big play. Yeah, and we have been. And that's all they are right now. Yes. That's trying to rely on big plays. Feast and famine. That's Jordan Travis, too, by the way. He will not take yeah. what's there. He's not playing well. He's not. And it's interesting to watch this dynamic because I think it's got to be tough. On the one hand, you've got weapons all over the place. You have, obviously, Keon Coleman, who did nothing in this game, played a terrible football game. He was objectively awful in this game. Then you have, but we know he's not awful. So that's just a one-off bad game. You hope. You hope that's just what that was. I'm going to talk about something else in a second, too, that is actually applicable. This is a this is a really kind of a choppy, convoluted, difficult game to dissect because there's a lot of good in the midst of all this terrible. It's just really Yeah, weird. it's not their fault they didn't have the ball but once in the first quarter. It's bizarre, right? Well, it is their fault. They couldn't get off the field. Uh, well, I'm talking about the offense. Right. You know. Right. So, yes, they just have not played – 
the complimentary football coaches talk about all the time. They just haven't. It's been really strange. So Keon Coleman is awful in this game. He doesn't block anybody. He's going through the motions. I think he was sick. I don't know that, but I think we have context clues that a lot of people in this game were under the weather. Now, nobody... I hope he was. I do too. Nobody's going to want to hear that. Nobody likes excuses. I got all of that. But both things can be true, man. I mean, I can hate that too, but it can also be true. If you've got a flu bug running through the team, then you could have a problem with certain guys' efforts. I thought we saw it some on the defensive line who got beat up a little bit by the BC offensive line. I thought you saw it in terms of the game plan to some extent where they didn't aggressively get upfield until they got desperate in the fourth quarter right. and realized they had to bring pressure. I think that sows seeds of, of habits into a defensive front too. Mm, you know, it does. If you're in contain and you're not pinning your ears back – and like the one time they did, Dvorak on the broadcast pointed out Braden loses his gap. Yeah. And then you have somebody run right behind him. There's nobody to clean it up. Well, your linebackers aren't very good. Um, been saying this for some time, but I don't want to be a dead horse. No, but speaking specifically to the defensive line, I mean, yeah, they're they're in between. I thought they were in between. Some of it might have been fatigue due to outside factors, but I think I think the game plan has a lot to do with that. Yeah, it can be both. And then when you're on the field because you can't get off of it on third down, then you yeah, get tired. And now tired. all of a sudden, yeah. now you're tired. And you, you saw that. a lot of that in the second half. Yeah, you could see that in pursuit of plays as well. Like Jared Verse is very good at pursuing. Patrick Payton's been good at that this year. But you're seeing them. They're trying, and then it's kind of like a half jog, and it's not because of effort. They're gassed. Yeah. I mean, Boston College had the ball for a lot of this game, 33, 34 minutes. Well, we know objectively speaking, there are a couple of things here. First of all, that, that stat is accurate. But also, this is this is not an opinion. This is a fact. There were several guys who were under the weather this week, and we know that. And post-game, you can look at it and say that. Um, but, again, like this can all add up to a lot of things. It can be disappointing and frustrating. And you can call out coaches, but you could also acknowledge that you had – you know, you were shorthanded in some areas, and that is true, too. I mean, they don't want – Akeem Dent missed this football game. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Kevin Knowles took the lion's share of those snaps that would have been Akeem Dent's. Kevin Knowles, and we'll see what he becomes down the line as he gets more reps at safety, right now is not a very good player at that position for you. Yeah, biggest L I took last week was I couldn't wait to see him because of what I saw in camp. He wasn't ready. He was terrible. He was not ready for he it. He was terrible. So there's no getting around that. Doesn't mean he will always be terrible. It means in this game, he was terrible. Yep. And he was. Yep. They gave Omar Graham way too many snaps. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know why. He was terrible. Do you know he graded out as one of our highest players that's on PFF? P- that's because PFF, there's a lot of things about PFF I, mean, I hate. You notice I never cite those. That is Anyhow, bass backwards is anything I've seen all year he, long, and I've seen a lot of weird stuff. He didn't play well. Anyhow, no, yeah, not even close. I don't cite it when it favors my argument, and I don't cite it when it doesn't. I just leave it alone. It's, it's one measure. It's not the measure, that's for sure. Watch the games. He's guessing. I warn everybody, just watch the games. My man's out there guessing. Well, there's a lot of things that PFF doesn't know, like the play call and what your adjustment is and all these other things. It doesn't know that. So, again. Oh, yeah, no, I'm talking about Omar. I know. I'm yeah, just telling yeah, people yeah. why PFF isn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you know, you've got a situation where a player misses an assignment in critical situations repeatedly. And you don't feel good about your other options. Clearly, Hussey was out there for, what, five plays? Yeah, and the one, there was a communication. It's a Shaheem and him talking about a slot assignment, mm-hmm. and then the kid's wide the hell open. Wide open. There were breakdowns yeah. all throughout yep. the game with mm-hmm. communication, getting the play in on time. And I think Mike sounded frustrated about that today at the press conference. Uh, yes, I think he sounded equal parts confused 
concerned and, and angry, furious. furious. He's furious. trying to contain his fury. Yeah, I, I read yeah. this a little differently than you read it. I could see that he just wanted to get through that press conference because he knew there was a lot that could be nitpicked and frustrated by. He also, I have a feeling, had some interesting conversations for some people. Mm. He, at one point, pointed out, you cannot be afraid of confrontation. You can't be afraid of the discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, he's talking specifically about the kinds of conversations he has had to have since that game. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I think those conversations are had with specific players that he's disappointed in after this game, and I think perhaps a coach. Yeah. I I, think, I don't think there's any question. So, you're a procrastinator at heart, right, when you were in school? I was. Well, no, we've had this Yeah, I before. waited to the last second to do everything, yeah. Yeah, me too, because I could, right? That's not a great attitude to have. No. Because you're going to get burned at some point. Well, this is the preaching, the talking point we had about why it's okay to nitpick after a 66-13 to 13 win. You can say, well, look, man, I get what this is. We blew them out, but we didn't do this well because at some point you're going to have that come back to bite you when you right. face better teams. And that's what I was trying to talk about in the past. Yeah, that's that's the process over the result. You yes. Need to look at, yeah, you got the result done in the last second. You're gifted to be able to do that. That's great. But imagine what you would do if you proceeded to do things the right way and schedule stuff out, how much more free time you have, how much less stress would be weighing on you. Like, in the same way, I think that we were positively reinforced for the third and fourth quarters against LSU and then for the run against Southern Miss after the first quarter. And they're saying, oh, if we just turn it on, we're good enough. And in a way, you're correct. Yeah. But if you're just a little bit off, as the 2014 team learned in the Rose Bowl, you can be made to look like a clown. And that's what happened in the second half. Well, so I think when I talk about some levels of concern, there are things that I'm not sure will get all that much better. Uh, And then there are things that I think will get a lot better. And this game will illuminate that and he'll be able to attack that and things will be, uh, you know, righted in those areas. I think our defensive line will play better than that in terms of getting upfield and getting after the quarterback. quarterback, It's a different kind of quarterback. I think they'll be much better there. I also think that um, the discussion about getting the plays in on time and miscommunication, I that's something my man yeah it's a problem man you, you know, cannot be three games into the season and still talking about this it's um i was furious at the post game show and i didn't even see that part of the presser if i had seen that i might have gone back on another tirade because when mike that's in his initial reaction press conference this is the raw of raw and mike says communication issues we didn't get the call in we didn't get the call in. We didn't get the call in. This is, is the first drive. You have two breakdowns. You don't get the call in on your first drive. Yeah, it can't on happen. On your first drive, can't happen, sir. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, communication issues and anything that is well, I mean, get ready for a bunch of misdirection because they know our linebackers get lost. So get ready for that. Yep. I mean, mm. time, they get, they get lost time and again. Well, you know, you would have gotten off the field in the second quarter when they take the false start and then he runs to midfield, if you have another linebacker on the field, one of your top three, yeah. any one of them, any one of them so, outside of the guy that was on the field. Yeah, and that's the part about not respecting the, the game or whatever, thinking that you can just roll a guy out there and that he'll be fine. And I know, thought we had multiple dudes hurt because Kalen got hurt first drive, second yeah, drive, whatever yeah. it was. He comes off. I thought, uh-oh, is well, it, this do we is have where, an issue here? And then he's out there for the next drive. But this is where, Tom, admittedly, and I think objectively it's fair to ask this, how sick was this team? Yeah. No, yeah. You Maybe would he's getting not, fluids on the sideline. That's line. what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah. would not have Omar Graham in the game as much as he was in key situations 
willy nilly, you wouldn't do it. One hundred percent a fair question. And I, that's, I think there were times where I'm kind of wondering about that. Now, look, man, maybe not. Maybe, maybe they just didn't read it right. I I don't know, but I, I keep saying this. This will be an interesting game. I, I I have a weird on Monday as we sit here today after digesting this game more than once. Unfortunately, more than once and a half, more than two and a half times. I've watched this game too much now. I think we we are capable of overreacting to this game in some ways, and there are other times I watch it and say, "Oh, we're just getting started with some of the dysfunction." I'm really getting concerned. It can be both. Yeah, I, you can play this week's game. And a lot of the issues that presented themselves in Chestnut Hill are immaterial. This is not the same situation. No, it's not. Now, when we play Virginia Tech or Syracuse, you would revisit some of the issues you had with Boston College. In short, I'm saying they're going to play hard because it's Clemson. They know the stakes of this game. And I don't think that you can worry. Like Mike said, and we have the audio, but, you know, they they, they exhaled. At 31 to 10, I think they kind of did, yeah. If it's 31 to 10 and we're – fortunate enough to do that to Clemson we are not exhaling no but what about the next time it happens or what what happens if you're up 21 to 7 and you just went through a dominant quarter against Duke are you gonna let it get to 21 17 like I I don't know that some of the things that we're red flagging this week are actually going to play out against Clemson well I I I went back and said this at the beginning at 31 to 10 Halfley thinks the game is over apparently so did our players yeah and you give up the third down play. Mm-hmm. If you don't give up the third down play, they've already conceded the game. The whole Everybody could see it. When he ran twice up the middle and then took his time on the third down play call, I'm like, he knows this is over. He wants to get off the field before this turns ugly because he could see the avalanche coming. And how could he not have? There had been an avalanche at that point. 28 straight. 28 straight points. You were dominating the game at that point. Save for a few scrambles that were really, really frustrating. You were dominating the game. It's 31 to 10. People will forget about that part of the game. It's 31 to 10. That's why yeah. Mike said after the game when he was asked and pushed on this several times, said, well, guys, that game could have gone a lot of different ways. What he's referring to is if you don't give up a scoop and score touchdown on a really asinine play, and if you can pick up a squib kick, you beat the bejesus out of Boston College. That game's probably going to end 45 to 10, if not worse. But you didn't do that, no, and you did six, screw that. Yeah, even 16 at the squib. You know, because they have 16 on the board at right. that point. Yeah, you're going to go on. Maybe you don't cover the spread. Right, for us right, ball, right, you know, right. But, but it's going to be 40 to something right. easily. Yeah. And these are all ifs, ands, or buts. They did not do that. And so I don't I don't disagree with him when he says that maybe they exhaled. Perhaps they did. It seems to me that halfway understood the game was over, too, until you let them convert. What was that, third and what? Uh, 17. 17. Yeah. Third and 17, it's 31 to 10. At 31 to 10 and third and 17 in your own territory, if you do not get that, he's punting the football, and then you go down and win the game. It's over. It's over. Just the running of the time. They're running out of possessions. It is over. Yeah, it looks like zone. I don't know. It is. I don't know if we can run it. That's unfortunate because well, you have too high the whole game, Tom. Why not? Just yeah. leave him back there because you'd seen so much on tape from this kid as a thrower that you wanted to be protected from the yeah. deep ball, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great plan. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I know we don't concern ourselves with what what is Boston College going to do now, rightfully. I mean, I, I get we don't. No. But I did for half a second think to myself, if I were an administrator at Boston College, how frustrated would I be? Because, you know, they nearly lost to Holy Cross. They did lose to Northern Illinois. They almost pulled off a miraculous win against a Florida State team they had no business being in the game with after trailing 31-10. to 10. And yet, as I walk off that field, knowing that by rights I cannot be mad at my head coach for failing to beat Florida State and losing just by two, I can want to fire him on the spot. 18 penalties suggest you are not coached very well. Oh, and how many do we decline four I mean, it's, it's, three four yeah so it would be the weirdest conflicted feeling like oh great great effort coach we were right there almost pulled off a magnificent upset against Florida State imagine if you hadn't committed 18 penalties including well, the final face mask to give the game away dude the other thing too for all the tough talk he had after the Holy Cross victory fourth and one and your quarterback has to talk you into going for it that was weird that was strange. Well, unfortunately, it was he, the right call. Well, it was the right it was call. What Adazio did not do ten I years ago. I agree. I agree. All right, let's hear from Mike Norvell. A lot of people don't get to hear that, uh, you know, press conference like we do every, you know, right after the game on a Monday. Um, so this is this is Mike Norvell earlier today. You make the the run to go from whatever it was ten to three or ten to three to thirty one to ten. Like that was. The, that was grit and response. But when it got 31 to 10, right, where did we go from there? Why did we have four focus penalties that showed up from that point to the end of the game? Why did we turn the ball over two times from that point to the end of the game? Why did we, why did we have you know, a couple of certain things that happened in critical situations, a couple of mistakes where we miss a single or we miss it? Why did that happen at that point? Right? Because you know, just like in, in human nature, I mean, you get to a point and you're like, 
All right, you, you, you start off a game and you're down. Nobody's pitchers. Uh, we didn't sit there in a hotel thinking, hey, just wait till they go down to score on that first drive and we bust two opportunities in communication. And nobody thinks about that. But when it shows up, like, you know, there is an uncomfortable feeling. The response to it, to get back to 31 to 10, you know, there was still a quarter and a half left to, left to go in the game. And that's the edge I'm talking about. Like, that's the, uh, you know, I, I told the team after the game, I, I want, that's where the killer instinct has to set up. And, like, this is done. This, I'm going to finish better than what it was. Pissed off that, that the fact that we start off not as good as we needed to. And we, I didn't, we didn't have that. So you would ask why he would cite human nature as he just did there to some extent. I believe he's right to some extent as well. It is human nature. Um, and so, you know, I think from there, you could see the frustration. Um, I also, you know, and I said it this hour, and I've said it repeatedly, I think Florida State could very well clean things up and play a great game this Saturday against Clemson and get the win. We may end up looking at this Boston College game as an afterthought. Uh, there are any number of examples both in Florida State history, but also throughout college football, um, where a team that is decidedly better than another either loses or barely wins a football game. That Georgia team a year ago that we talk about going on the road against Mizzou, having to score late in the fourth quarter to get a win against that program was insane. There's no way that game should be within 21, but it was. It does happen. It is is not completely – uh, something that is out of lockstep with excellence. It does happen occasionally. So let's see how they respond. In some ways, we always talk about if you can survive one of these moments and get a win and wake up and fix your problems, you can go on to have a great season. And I still think this team is uber-talented, uber-talented. They got guys, but they don't exactly know who they are, and they have been disjointed. Yeah, the reason I'm mad today and I was mad in the postgame show is because they are potentially excellent you know if they were an okay bunch that are overachieving then you look at this game and say well all right guys that was scary but three and oh can you believe this team is three and oh like of course I can believe this team is three and oh this sure. is a really really good team and you got a coach who's furious he's, he's you can b- hear beside it. himself you, you can, can hear, hear it. it yes he's mad that yeah. they didn't have the killer instinct to go out and finish the game because in the previous two situations they go on the run it's the fourth quarter now it's essentially over and then against southern miss you're rotating in the second wave because the, your job has been done but i do not think it's an overreaction to be angry with this group because the head coach even told you in the post game press conference after lsu that some of the bad things he saw in practice leading up to LSU crept into the game, and that quote pissed him off. So there's a through line here between bad habits that cropped up for LSU and then the start against Southern Miss and then what we saw for the finish and even the first quarter for the defense against BC. There's a through line there and a trend. they got to put it to bed. You know, he didn't answer a question he was asked in the postgame press conference about whether or not he would have gone for it if they hadn't committed the face mask. Oh, no, he said, yeah. He said, well, we got the face mask. Yeah, he didn't answer that question. Because I, I do, I don't think you do either. But no. I'll tell you something right now. I think if we punt, we're in trouble. We could be. We did just get yeah, off the field in did, the same situation, and they were bringing the heat in yeah, that drive. We would have, and we would have had to because obviously the other way didn't work for three and a half quarters. So yeah, I mean yeah. that it's so it's a one balls in the air. It's a one on one. Yeah, got to trust that the guy's going to be there for the one on one. That he's yeah. going to be in the same zip code. I mean, I would think. Not to get hyper technical as an answer, but I would think that we are in press one high, just like we were against LSU. For this, I mean, w- there's no more wrinkles. If I'm Mike, I'm saying, "Yo, 
I get that we were we've repped these things and they worked in practice. Knock that <laughs> crap off. The LSU game plan. Yeah, well, and it's weird because you do have the athletes to do it. I mean, you can. And, they, th- and they look the aptitude was there in camp. We saw different yeah. things and it was run correctly. But perhaps we underplayed, and I'm looking at me here, Akeem Dent's importance in this operation. Uh, apparently so. I did too, apparently. I mean, he uh, at least he knows where to be. Maybe he's getting other guys where they need to be and their landmarks. That's, that's the stuff we don't know. I mean, I, you know, you'd have to be down on the field. You'd have to be in the film room with I him. Mean, but he clearly how many you times have evidence. Yeah. are our guys doing this at the snap? No, that, that's oh. got to stop. We're three games in. It can't happen. Uh, play the next clip from Mike Norvell that we have queued up here. We had a third and 17 the other day that I think was one of the plays of the game, uh, up 31 to 10. And, you know, you sit there and a rep we'd look, 10 guys checked immediately to, to you know, the coverage and the, um, the, the defensive play and structure we wanted to, we wanted to run. And, you know, 10 guys got it, one guy didn't. It just happened to be where, where the ball was thrown. And, you know, that's where it's like, you know, you talk about it afterwards. Like, why did that happen? Uh, I mean, there's, there's all different types of, you know, to things like nobody wants to make a mistake in that moment. Nobody wants to, 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 to not be on the same, you know, to be on the same page. But, uh, you know, that's where, whether it's during a walkthrough, whether it's during, uh, you know, the practice rep, whether it's your rep or not, you know, we all got to be on the same page, um, you know, in in the, in the, in those adjustments and. Uh, you know, that's something we look at as coaches, we look at as players, and do we all take ownership in it. On LT's, you know, you know, fumble, there was, you know, you know we had a, we had a miscommunication on that, and uh, you know, that's a play that's that's there has a chance for a for a big for a big gain. Um, but unfortunately, it's just like that's those are the things that showed up there in the fourth quarter. That I mean, you're you're a couple inches away from just really blowing that game out of out of. Uh, uh, you know, you know, out of the water for for how we should finish, and but we didn't, and so that's where you know we all get to look back and say, all right, why did this happen? How can we make it better? And then you go to work and and work to fix it. You know, I'm curious. Jordan kind of gets um, a pass in some of this. We're not speaking about this a lot, and I I want to. I really wish. I really really wish for a variety of reasons that I had a good look at the L22, um, because there's some things I can't know in terms of the safeties. Um, but Jordan made a lot of curious decisions two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, um, whether to keep or to give. He's also made some really weird decisions as to which receiver he's choosing to throw to in critical situations. The throw to Johnny Wilson on third and long is stupid. You have a wide open Lawrence to Ophelia if it comes out right now, and all you need is the first down. Yeah, And that decision to throw a 50-50 ball toward the sidelines, an inaccurate throw as well, uh, is is problematic, and it's not the first time. And that's why I think he's kind of betwixt and between, just like the offense is to some degree. They haven't had an identity up to this point, and, and I think because he's got playmakers, he's been inclined to side with 50-50 shots mm-hmm. with, with guys that he thinks are going to win those battles, but those aren't the safer plays. I would not be surprised if this was a conversation this week with him and Mike about taking what's there. Just listen, just take what's there. It will open up the big play later. That's how you get a Jaheim Bell streaking down the sideline against LSU wide open because we've set it up. Just take what they're willing to give you. Team's going to try to take away that other stuff over the top. Yeah. Give, let him take – Jaheim's open several times in this game and he doesn't throw it to him. Correct. There's a deep shot to Keon up the right side that Jordan throws. It's too, more, too much towards the middle of the field. And it, I get it in his, in his mind. A 50-50 is a 60-40 us or a 70-30 us because of these athletes. 
But if you hang back for another half second, Jaheim is open over oh, the middle wide, of the field. Wide open. And I don't know if he's going to score or not. Uh, the throw to Toa Feely up the sideline, it's a wonderful throw and a really good adjustment by Lawrence, who does a 360 mm-hmm, to catch it mm-hmm. along the sideline. Destin Hill is right in front of his face the whole time he and wide open. He clearly doesn't trust Destin. He won't throw him the ball. Yeah, This is it's a through line from last year's Clemson game, if you recall. There was a fourth down shot to Johnny Wilson in which the flats open. And we throw it to Johnny. It's in that middle eight sequence in which we also get sacked and, yes, and there's yes, a fumble. Yeah, the whole thing happens, that's yeah. how that game unravels is in that moment. But one of those was a decision that you've got something underneath that's wide open and you take the shot. Now, you're correct. He hasn't had weapons like this before where you, you're right to be greedy in some circumstances. Yeah. I think the worst thing that happened to him was the fourth and one. Early on, he hits Johnny in one-on-one. Remember that? That's a low percentage play on fourth and short to throw a one-on-one ball up the sideline. I believe it's the correct read because you can't see it. This is where the all-22 would help. But on the bottom, we've got trips, and then we call in a running back to protect. It looks like they're all just clearing out on the right. I don't know that he's got an option to the right. So yeah. the one-on-one to Johnny may be the correct decision there, but wow, in a fourth and short, that's your best option yeah. is, is yeah. a one-on-one ball. They complete it. There's also a defensive penalty that either way you were going to convert on fourth down. But maybe that's the worst thing in the world that happened to him early was that you're positively reinforced for that. There are a lot of moments in these first few games where you've got 100% certainty of, yeah. of good plays. No, and I get it. I'm not, I mean, like, Jordan hasn't been awful. He's just leaving a lot of yards and plays on the field right now, and I think it's because he's inclined to trust the big play down the field right now because of the weapons. And, and I it get, worked I, against LSU. And I and I get how it can happen. Um, you know, I, I won't be surprised if we attack the middle of the field in this game, mm-hmm. and they have really failed to t- attack the middle of the field really since the Keon touchdown to LSU yeah, well that's what got him out of it uh the first yeah. drive in the third quarter with Johnny yeah. shot over the middle of the field I love when we do that, that. it going. really opens everything up uh it, it will be fascinating to see uh Briley you asked if I've mentioned Johnny or Lundy or Fitz Fitz obviously great job mentioned him before not today really wouldn't looking at that but uh Johnny I'm glad they did get him the ball early and he made those catches Lundy didn't play well so there's no reason to mention him I know he had a pick but he didn't play well hour number two Jeff Cameron show coming up 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV